On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. Time for Monday's Experts on Sky Sports Radio. It's an opportunity for us to hear the story behind the name. And looking forward to our guest on this Monday, the 22nd of Jan. If you're listening live across our radio network in New South Wales or the ACT or via the Tab app, or if you're catching up on podcast, my guest this week is a great man. I had the pleasure of meeting him a couple of years ago at the Wagga Carnival and look forward to hearing about how it all started in the saddle for him and I guess what he wants to achieve in the season's upcoming. I speak of jockey Billy Owen, who we regularly see riding around the Riverina. Of course, we saw him yesterday riding there at Cowra. And who knows, we might see him a bit more in town if those opportunities come. Billy, welcome to uh, Monday's Experts. Yeah, morning, guys. How are you? Very good, mate. Tell us about where did you grow up, mate? Where did Billy Owen grow up? Yeah, look, I'm a, I'm a Gundagai boy, um, born and bred in, in Gundagai down there near Wagga. Um, and, yeah was there sort of up until I was 17, soon as I got my licence, moved to Canberra and took up an apprenticeship with Nick Olive. So was racing in the family? Was there horses in the family, mate? Yeah, uh, look, um, Dad Dad sort of, he owned he owned and bred, you know, probably a handful of horses over the time when I when I grew up, but that was that was about it, you know. No, no one was a jockey or, or trainer or anything, but, um, yeah, there was a little bit of interest there, um, that way. So when you were growing up as a kid, uh, you obviously went to school in Gundagai. What were you? What was your forte, mate? Anything? Oh, look, I, I um, loved rugby league. Played that from when I was four years old, and that was probably the hardest thing to give up when I decided to become a jockey. But I was I was too small to too small to continue that with that career. So um, a couple of connections, just you know, obviously when I was growing up, and I was so small. Um, couple of connections in Gundagai that were into racing they always said to me if you if you want to uh go down the racing path just come and see me and I'll hook you up with a couple of people. Fair income so you, you obviously got the license and away you went and when did when did you first have sort of your, your first dealing with a horse? Uh look I like I grew up on a on a farm in Gundagai with um the folks who got a about a 2,000 acre farm in Gundagai so I look I, I grew up probably probably got on my first horse when I was three years old or something but um to be honest the first time I sat on a race horse was probably two weeks or a month before I moved to Canberra when I got my license I just went down to Darky Bloodbills there and he, he threw me on a couple of old quiet race horses in the pad and, and that was the first time I'd ever sat on a race horse but like I said I grew up around horses and, and on the farm so I uh, you know sort of had that background. So when you arrive at Nick Olive's Tell us the story, because obviously he's a good man, Nick. Uh, what did he have you doing? You were obviously mucking boxes and yeah, hanging look, around, yeah. or was it sort of, did he throw you in the deep end pretty quick? No, look, he, he's, like you said, he's a champion fella, and um, one of my really close mates, Marty Hay, he, from Gundagai, he got me in touch with Nick. He's, he's had horses with Nick for years now, and um, yeah, so I, I got over to got over to Canberra, and uh, Nick was really good. So the first year I was there, I, I, I was playing. I moved over in July, and I was halfway through the footy season, and we were we were going pretty good. So um, I sort of only worked five days a week uh, to start the, the, for the first six months, and and like you said, just mucking out boxes, doing all the doing all the new sort of. 
jobs and um, and I'd go home every weekend and play footy for the first six months and that was sort of my last year there and then the following year um, yeah got signed up as as an apprentice and um, look it's my first sort of couple of months or or few months in the saddle um, it wasn't great you know there was horses bolting on me and I, I had no idea what I was doing just completely different riding a racehorse to to you know what I'd grown up riding at home you know the ponies so it was um it was a real eye-opener and it, it, it took you know I had I had to stick with it sort of for the first three or four months that I you know was was riding work it was it was very tough yeah I can imagine so we're chatting with Billy Owen this morning on Monday's Experts so what helped you I guess learn was it uh you know more time in the saddle or was did you have any sort of old heads around you saying mate yeah. you needed to be doing this yeah, look, um, Luke Pepper was there with Nick. He was he was Nick's right hand man, and um, obviously he he's a freak of a rider, and and he's been around some really good horses. So um, it was it was awesome to have him there. And um, look, to be honest, it was probably just time and just sort of and and half working it out myself, and you know, with, with obviously advice from from other people, but um, thankfully it, I got it under control, and uh, yeah. It started to go all right. Do you remember your first winner? I do. I do. It was at Albury, Where was actually. it? At yeah, Albury? It at, at Albury. It was the third ride, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a horse called Chirurgo Dame for Nick. And what can you tell us about the... the was it a just jump to the front and see you later, or was uh, it a, you have to weave some it, magic? It was a 900... I'm pretty sure it was a 900-metre maiden. Um, I think I think she might have been favourite. She... Um, and I think we, I think we either sat outside the leader or, or about a length and a half off the, off the front runners, and um, she only sort of just got there over the last, last sort of hundred metres, you know. But um, you know, there wasn't much action from me going on. It was, it was more so the horse. But we got the job done on our third ride, so that was That's sensational. Good stuff, uh, Billy. Mate, tell us about. Uh, some of the good horses you've worked with. Obviously, I know that you did a lot of track work with single gaze, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, she's obviously the best horse I've ever, ever had the close okay. association so, with. So let me ask you on that because I always, when, whenever I hear jockeys or trainers say, "Oh, she's the best" or "He's the best," so what was it about her? Because you've ridden a lot of horses in your time. What was it about her particularly that gave you that that indication? Uh, look, early days, and even Nickel sort of admit this like we you know she because she was so everyone knows she was so small even even when she matured but um she was just she was just a small two-year-old but she was she was so athletic and and she just anything you done like it, it wasn't she wasn't one of those horses that would just run up on the bridle and give you an awesome feel it was just more that whatever you threw at her she she would do and and take on take on board so quickly and and she had such a she was such such a clean clean winded mare that nothing really nothing really phased her if that makes sense like she was, uh, was she just had an uh, internal system I think and do you think she's one of those horses that if you taught her something she'd pick it up straight away pretty much yeah like fr- from the get go she was she was a little bit of a when i say a handful she she had a bit of attitude as a as a younger horse even 
even sort of when they, she first came to the stables, I remember them saying, you know, be careful when you're in a box or, um, you know, the the, the farriers the farriers have had a bit of trouble with her, and she 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 could she could let out a, a decent kick. Um, and Nickel <laughs> Nickel, let me tell you, is very probably very lucky to be here today. Uh, he was in he was in a box one day, and she she Fair let Lincoln. a double back. Double barrel go, and I, I reckon it clipped his ear. He, he had his back turned off, and um, yeah, it, it probably wasn't until she was three or four years old that she sort of calmed down a little bit that way. But she was she was never a wow. n- never a total handful, but she was just a you know had a bit of character about her. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, we're chatting this morning. Uh, with Billy, um, Billy, oh, you took some time off from the saddle. I want to talk about that, mate, because yep. you were uh, obviously you pulled the pin, but you came back. Tell us about why you pulled the pin. Yeah, look, I, I had my my career. Look, it, it started off quite quite rapidly. I I, I rode out rode my um, four four and three kilo claims re- really quickly. Like I had I had some good support. Obviously, Nick was he had sort of fifty horses in work back in them days, and. Everything sort of happened really quickly, and 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 to be fair, I, I probably didn't improve as much as what I should have, um, you know, with with losing those claims, I think. And obviously, I've I've always sort of been a bit heavier. Like when I first moved over to to take up the apprenticeship, I, I was fifty eight kilos when I was when I was seventeen. So I was always going to sort of battle that way. Um, and look, in the end, I had a couple of a couple of falls and a couple of injuries that sort of put me out and and you know the, the weight on top of that and I, I just think I needed I needed a break and I, I didn't fully understand the weight side of things and, and how to control it back then when I was so younger um, and yeah I, when, I, when I did finally step away I, I to be honest I was so much happier when I made that decision at, at that time. What did you do when you uh, st- took away from from racing? Yeah, yeah. So I I've, I stayed with Nick, um, became his foreman there for a few years, and I I couldn't get the the thrill of you know uh, the the race day out of me every time I go to the races and see the jockeys getting legged up and and you know that it it always played on my mind. So I ended up uh, going to the picnics and and rode at the picnics for about six years, and that was around the same time single gaze came along so it was that sort of five and six years uh, it'll be hard for me to top that in me in my yeah. life then, then five or six years I traveled around with her all over Australia and and um the picnics kept that that racing side of things you know that adrenaline side of things um even though they're only sort of you know 30 meetings a year or something but that just kept me going and I had I had some of the best times in the saddle at the picnics with them guys yeah, I could imagine. And and tell us, I mean, like obviously you, you became Nick's foreman, but was there ever a stage where you thought about leaving the industry completely? No, there wasn't. No, <laughs> that that that's a pretty simple answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's um. I think it's uh, I've got a bit of an addictive sort of personality, and this is a, it's a very addictive industry, and and the, and the people and the relationships you get. You know, I, I sort of grew up. You know, in a small town where you play footy and you you have. Oh, we still got you, mate. We got Billy. We might have lost him there. We'll try and re-establish yeah. that line. Can you hear us, Billy? I reckon he's got in the car. 
We're out of the car and the the Bluetooth's still connected to the car. We'll try and get him back uh, very, very soon, though. We're just going to redial his number. It happens all the time. You'll be uh, talking in the next minute. You jump in and out of the car and it'll stay in the car. It'll stay off the car. Everyone does it. So we'll get back to Billy Owen. We're chatting with him, of course, about uh, Monday's expert to his career in life. Of course, he had a great association there uh, with single gays and uh, also with the Nick Olive stable. And it's uh, some time he took off. He was still the foreman for Nick's stable. And uh, he's back on the line. The Bluetooth stayed in the car, mate. So that's all good. We've got you back now. We're chatting with Billy. Billy, I want to ask about them when you jump back in the saddle. So obviously... You, uh, you had, what, 33 rides at the picnics, 20 winners, I think I went through. You've also, uh, you rode single gays, um, obviously with a lot of track work. You, you mentioned that five to six-year period. But then jumping back in the saddle, was there a bit more energy? Like now you'd sort of you'd sort of had your time off, you were back, and you were quite hungry for it. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, look, it all sort of happened, a few things happened in my life sort of around the time single gays uh, retired and, I just thought after, you know, I had such a... I didn't have to sort of worry about too much when, when single gaze was racing. I was just enjoying the moment. And obviously she took us to a Melbourne Cup and, and just for them five years, like I said, five or six years, I I just rode the wave. And when she retired, I sort of had to sit down and half sort of reevaluate sort of where I was at, was in life. And, and that was probably the only time where I sort of thought, you know, do I do I really have a... I have a crack at, um, you know, getting my weight back down or do I look at something else to do, you know, become a trainer, which I wasn't really in the, in the, you know, right place to, to sort of look at doing that. But um, I, I just sort of went about it, didn't didn't tell a soul that I was sort of working at my weight and um, all of a sudden, uh, you know, I was 56 kilos and, and rang the stewards and it sort of went from there. I was... I was yeah, I was so hungry, and obviously I I was still allowed to come back as an apprentice, as I I think I only rode for two years, uh, you know, previously when I was professional. Tell us about I guess the current season and how things are going, and I guess what you what you want to achieve, and I'll also further that on after you answer that about your weight. I want to talk about your weight and what you have to go through each week to to get. Um, to a certain point where you can ride these horses. Yeah, yeah. Look, um, this to, to be honest, this season's probably just been a bit a bit slow for me. I've um, had a you know I've had a couple of suspensions and that sort of doesn't help my weight. So it's it's such a momentum game and and to be honest, the 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 jockey stocks around my area at the moment are, are so strong. It's you know you got to stay on top of your game the whole time and. And ride that momentum. So look, this season's probably been a bit slower. I sort of, I had a, I had a pretty decent season last year, and and my goal this year was just a better last season. But I, you know, we're only sort of halfway through, so I can, I can still aim for that. But I, I think, um, you know, as long as I can be consistent and and stay stay out there on the track, um, that's probably my main goal until the end of this season. Okay. Uh- what about your your weight? So in terms of your, your your week, if you have to ride a certain weight, like I see tomorrow, you you're fifty nine. All those horses at Queen BM. Yeah. What's the lightest you can get? Is it is it is it fifty seven these days? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I, I ride fifty seven if I you know that that's sort of my 
my general weight that everyone knows I can ride. And my manager does a really good job, you know. He won't if I've got you know two or three or four at 57, he'll he'll take them. But if I've only sort of got one and then you know three other rides on the same day that have got 59, he'll he'll you know unless it's a unless it's a really good winning chance, he'll sort of look after me that way. But I'm I'm certainly happy enough to ride 57 and and, and can do that comfortably. Um, and look, I I rode I rode a highway winner there last season. It, it had 56, so obviously I can ride. I can ride down to 56 if, if I need to. And tell us also, as well, we know the best horse you've ridden, single gaze. Who's the best jockey you've ever ridden against? Um, look, there's, there's obviously so many, but I, you can't go past James McDonald. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, J-Mac, yeah. But there's, there's just, you know, I've ridden, you know, Huey, um, Glenn Boss, Tommy, um, you know, all all them all them guys. Um, Tommy Marquand, just it's unbelievable. Corey Brown, you know, there's there's so many you, you can't you can't list them all, but it's it's unbelievable that you can think that you're competing against them in you know on a sort of level playing field. What what about in your that that southern area when you first started off? Who was the particular uh, jockey that just wouldn't give you an inch that you just went, wow, okay, uh, look. Back back in those days, when I first started the apprenticeship, um, Brendan Ward down this way, he was he was hospitals, three, three, four, five winners every uh, every meeting. Um, yeah, he was he was just relentless, and he's he's still as hungry as ever. But um, you know, there's like I said before, there's there's so many, there's so there's so competitive down this way now. It's um, yeah, it's it's it doesn't matter who you are, you 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 got to stay on top of your game. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, have a look at uh, D. Beasley. Flies back yep. in, uh, and you think, oh, well, yeah, he's just going to potter around. But it's just something that's obviously implanted in. Well, you're all athletes. You've all got yep. that hunger and that drive and that competitiveness. So you're going to want to try and uh, and get as much as you can. And obviously now with prize money and the way it is, it, it can be quite lucrative. So yeah, have you got 100%. a country championships horse? Do you think you can um, retain a ride? Look, I... I haven't got anything sort of really lined up at the moment, but there's there's a horse there of Todd Smart's called Love Shark. He's he's pretty decent horse. Um, might be this year might be just coming up a bit too soon, but um, there's there's a couple that are around the mark, I reckon, for for the following year. I always get into Toddy about the petrol. <laughs> when, when he's going up to Sydney. So hopefully he can get Love Shuck up there because there's some good people in Love Shuck because obviously, you know, I do the uh, the Trot and Canna Gin. I think you'll find the, the McAllisters are in that and also, yep. too, down in Marimbula, all, a lot of the oyster farmers. Darren and the yeah. guys are down there. So it's outstanding. Yeah, no, great great bunch of people and so easy to get along with. And um, it's just to, for him to get a decent a decent horse, it makes the ride a lot better. Certainly does. Mate, pleasure talking to you this morning. Uh, before I let you go, there's always something I ask my guests, and it's if you were standing in front of an 18-year-old Billy Owen, what advice would you give him? What advice would I give to an 18-year-old Billy Owen? Um, keep your head down and you only get one shot. Keep your head down and you only get one shot. Look forward to seeing you, mate, very, very soon. I'm Good sure on you, cross Dave. paths, you're a champion. Thanks, Billy. Cheers, mate. Good on you.